0: Well, hey, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Westridge Podcast. You're listening to the After Message Edition, where our goal each and every week is to wrestle with the Sunday message that we heard yesterday and the applications that we can make together. And what a message that we had here yesterday. It was so good. In fact, if you didn't get a chance to watch or listen to it, I would encourage you to pause this conversation right now, go listen to it, and then come back and listen to our conversation later, because it really was that good. Well, I'm Steve Veal. I'm going to be your host today. And if you haven't already done it, I really want to encourage you uh, to download and subscribe to the podcast. Uh, Hit that little notification button so you'll know when the next episode is available to listen to. And do us a favor and share it with somebody that might enjoy listening in with us because we love to grow our audience and have more people have the opportunity to um, just hear our conversations. They can find us at westridge.com backslash podcast or on any of their streaming platforms. Well, it's always fun. When I get the opportunity to have a conversation uh, here with my two uh, guests that we have today because they are both great women of faith, they are dynamic leaders in our church, and they're just a little bit spicy. Which, oh, I, yeah. which, I, which I love. I love that about them. You so say
1: you love it, but I, you should be a little bit scared I, today, Steve. I should
0: be. I always am, a little bit.
1: <laughs> Christy and I are a force to be reckoned with when we're together. That's so right. Oh, you yeah, that's I totally today. know that. I totally
0: am very much aware. <laughs> but it makes that before. It makes for a great conversation, and that's what I love. <laughs> So you are listening uh, to uh, the spiciness already of Ruth Wittenbrook. (laughs) Ruth is our global outreach director, and she is a new grandma to um, two little twin baby...
1: Uh Baby boy baby. and a baby oh, girl. Oh wow! I so don't the think best I realized of both that. Right there. Wow,
0: that's great. And they were
1: a month old yesterday, so that's we have awesome. been having the time of our lives.
0: Oh, that's so good! Congratulations Thanks. again. That Thanks. is incredible. And then we also have Christy Meldrum. Christy is our guest services director. Uh, she kind of has a new role. And we haven't really defined like what her new uh, title is going to be. We've been talking about that. This would be a great
2: place to discuss that. Yeah, that's
0: right. (laughs) So she's still, if you're worrying, don't worry, because she's still going to be our guest services uh, leader. But we've also added to her just kind of the the overall um, direction of our culture here of uh, our team members. And so we're excited about that. And uh, we're looking forward to have you speak into that a lot here at our church. Christy?
2: I'm looking forward to it. I feel challenged, but, you know, I like a good challenge. That's right. Well, uh,
0: I just want to welcome both of you to the podcast. Always great to have you. So here's what I want to do. I want to kind of just jump in and kind of give the background, because we have a lot to talk about today, again, because, man, we've been so spoiled this whole summer, you know, and we really do. Every summer, we try to make it great, you know, because we know that a lot of people are traveling. And so for those who are with us, we really try to make the summer worth coming to. But So we're right in the... We're right smack in the middle of a series called They Walked With God, and we've been taking a look at the lives of some of the people that we read uh, about in the Old Testament, the great uh, men and women of faith. Uh, this week, our teacher was Christian Newsom. Uh, he's the pastor of the Journey Church International, and like I said in the intro, man, he flat out uh, brought it. He was really great message, and he titled his message Better Than Ehud, taking a look at the life of Ehud, um, who was uh, the second judge uh, of Israel. And God used him, uh, greatly to rescue the nation of Israel from the Moabites who they had been enslaved to for like some 18 years. And, uh, his primary text was Judges chapter three, where we find the story of Ehud slaying, um, the king of Moab in a very unique, unusual, and even maybe a little bit shocking, right? <laughs> shocking way. It was, it was really uh, interesting to read about that. Um, but Christian's primary message was the great ministry of Ehud. Uh, but as great as it was, we have a much greater rescuer mm-hmm. in Jesus. Again, great, great message. So that's the backstory. So let me just ask you ladies, what did you guys find really engaging uh, or encouraging from the message this week?
2: Um, I really enjoyed, like every everyone I talked to yesterday was like, that message was so good. I think there was absolutely something for everyone. Mm-hmm. Um one of the first things I think of is just that, just how engaging the message was. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's some stories in the Old Testament, it could be easy just to like, you read it and okay. Right. But he made it fun and funny. And, um, but I think the thing that I really, really felt just that will stick with me, I was sitting next to my husband, Mark, mm-hmm. and we even chatted about it at the very end, is mm-hmm. just his challenge. Um, if there's something in your life where you you might not blatantly be saying God can't or He oh, won't, yeah, that was good, but you're kind of saying it because mm-hmm. of you know, just your thought process or just the way you're believing for something mm-hmm. and just the challenge to pray for 40 days. And he was like mm-hmm. ready, he knew when the 40 days was up. Yeah, that's right. So just thinking about that, how it is the end of June and by the first week of August committing something to prayer for 40 consecutive days, and like in my case, knowing that Mark and I want to pray towards something, um, that I think deep down, in a way, I'm saying God's not gonna Mm -hmm. or God can't, Mm -hmm. and that really isn't my story with God, but it just – you feel defeated, and I think the way that can kind of happen sometimes is just that you felt like God has said no over and over. So when is he ever, when is he going to show me like the yes towards this? Mm-hmm. And so there's something specific that Mark and I just felt like, I'm like, Mark, what if we really, like we really commit right, right. in the way that he challenged us to pray towards something? And, you know, he was using the story um, of Ehud and how God used him to change a nation, like one person, you know, mm-hmm. and I just think that God can do whatever he wants to do yeah. and for us to commit. You know, to that prayer, that was just a great challenge for me. Do I already know that I could do that? Yes, but yesterday, like that, really spoke to me, and it really spoke to Mark as
0: well. That's so much the counsel I give to people when they come to me, and and sometimes I think people can feel like that's an easy answer. You know, just pray about it. Mm -hmm. But I have found over and over. In fact, I was talking to my son um, walking (laughs) walking through Costco yesterday. I'm talking on the phone. Isn't it obnoxious when people do go to
2: Costco a lot?
0: People (laughs) are talking on the phone. My wife says that I go there just for fun. That might be true. I'm not going to say. Um, I mean,
1: there's worse places you could go that's, just that's for fun, right. that's so true. it's not Thank so bad. <laughs> that's right. Thank you.
0: So I'm talking to him on the phone, going through, and I was, I was just kind of, ex- you know, sharing with him. He's heard me say it a hundred times, but, you know, that that in prayer, you know, you're, you're not just asking God to do what you want Him to do. You're you're bringing your problem and your your challenge to Him and saying, God, this is this is the way I see it. Um, and here's what I, I feel needs to be done, but I'm, I'm asking you not to either do it or help me to understand Mm. like what you're doing and, and to have peace in my heart about this because I do trust you infinitely and time. And this, I was sharing with him yesterday and I share with so many people Time time and time and time. It's been, I've just been, I've just seen it so consistent year in and year out and year in in my life that, um, in, the process of prayer. I've never really been challenged to pray for something Mm -hmm. for specifically 40 days. I thought that was really, really interesting to do that. But just in prayer, God does one of those two things. He either kind of answers and makes the answer clear, you know, whatever it happens to be, or he just gives me peace, gives me peace in my heart that this is what I'm doing and and everything's going to be okay. I'm in control. I haven't lost control here, you know, so it's really good. Ruth, what would you say?
1: Oh, my goodness. I took pages and pages of notes on my phone, which, you know, when people see me taking notes, they probably think I'm texting at church, so I try to be conscientious of that, but I think your phone, I always have it with me. I can always refer back to it, so I like to take them that way, but... The thing, the main point that I loved the most was how one person can impact many for Christ. Yeah. Because I mean, I have just seen the impact Mm -hmm. of that um, Mm -hmm. so many times in my life. Mm -hmm. But the most recent example was on a mission trip. You know, since I'm the missions girl, I'm always going to have a mission story to go along. It's almost like a uh, a little plug for missions too. Mm -hmm. So it's like a little selfish plug here. Feel free. (laughs) Well, we were on a a recent uh, vision trip to Guinea this past March Mm -hmm. with one of our missionaries there, and um, we were visiting a site of a persecuted Christian ministry that they were just starting there. They were starting to raise funds, and they wanted to show us some things that they were building. They were building some homes on there. Um, Because in Guinea, the most population is Muslim. I think like 99% of the population is Muslim. And Muslims are – some Muslims are, have a very strong faith,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: so when someone inside of their family wants to convert to Christianity, they make it very difficult for them to do that. And so um, I had met a woman who told us that she was a first generation Christian, which I thought was very interesting mm. because I don't know very many first generation Christians
0: mm-hmm. from mm-hmm. you
1: know this part of the world where we live in. A lot of people here—it's the Bible Belt of the South, That's right? True. Yeah, like very so true. a lot of people here grew up in Christian homes, so that was so interesting to me. And so I asked her, I was like, "Could you tell me your story?" Well, some of the people that I was with kind of groaned a little bit when I asked her that, and I couldn't understand why. But in their culture, they like to tell every detail of every Uh. story. So an hour and a half later, we finished hearing her story, which, I mean, it was so good, but I'm going to condense it for you really quickly. So basically, a missionary moved in next door to her and started pursuing her. And of course, she didn't know it was a missionary, and she became friends with this lady and really loved her. And she said, once I found out she was a missionary and she just became friends with me to convert me, I started backing away from her. Mm-hmm. But I loved her so much that mm-hmm. I just couldn't stay away. Like, I just, yeah. she, I, she just kept pursuing me. And so she said, I wanted to make a, a declaration to accept Christ as my Savior. And I asked my husband if that was okay, who was a devout Muslim. Mm-hmm. And miraculously, he said yes, yeah, that that, is that was fine, yeah, that, that culture. I could do it, but... I don't ask him to do it. And so, but when their extended family found out, so his parents and her parents, Mm -hmm. they told him that you're the man, you have to get her to come. Convert back to to the Islam faith, of course, yeah. Or we're going to disown you, right? So not even not have anything to do with you. We are going to disown you, and we're going to make this a very difficult life for you. Mm -hmm. And so he told her that, and she refused because she's like, "What I had found in Christ was better than anything I'd ever had before, and Mm -hmm. I wasn't willing to give it up." Mm -hmm. And so she had five sons, and so basically she had to. Disconnect from all of them. She did not get to raise her children growing up. She didn't get to see them. But um, so she just, you know, basically walked away with everything Mm -hmm. she knew and loved and held dear, which Mm -hmm. I can't even imagine, you know, the sacrifice that she made. Well, then, as her children became adults, she started reconnecting with one son, and he became a pastor of a church. No kidding! Because of her faith in Christianity, mm. she, you know, encouraged him to explore it yeah, as that's well. It right there, he became a pastor, and now they have this persecuted Christian ministry where they're, you know, um, ministering to all of these other Muslims who are being persecuted because they want to walk with Christ. And so we're sitting on this land, and I'm just looking out of it, and I'm in tears, thinking. Mm-hmm. All because one woman was courageous yeah. enough to yeah. walk away from everything that she loved and held yeah. dear. That's so and good. And look what God did with yeah, that absolutely. and the impact that that has created. So
0: good. I mean, that's, a, that, that's such a great story. And it was a great point. It's something I want to kind of jump into uh, a little bit later, because I thought that was a really powerful thing for us yeah. to, to wrestle through. But I want to kind of jump into our conversation with the first point that Christian made, because I thought it was so significant and relevant from the text. Um, and uh, it was as uh, a point was around like how fear causes us to make bad spiritual decisions. You guys remember that mm-hmm. and causes us to settle for less than God's uh, best for us. That's what fear does. And he was uh, making a, a note of the situation that Israel found themselves in and, and how they got there, which summed up was uh, that they continued a cycle of being rescued by God, but then needing more mm-hmm. and God would rescue mm-hmm. them and then they would need more than just his, more than just him and that really resonated with me uh because he pointed out that just like israel uh we have such a tendency um to try and add to what god has given to satisfy our souls and we see that all especially in america you see that and in fact i was kind of uh i was kind of processing that through your story you just told you know that for us you know for that lady jesus was She was willing to give up everything right. for Jesus and so much for us. And, and I find myself in this. I'm not mm-hmm. casting stones at anybody else that, you know, we're always looking to add things to mm-hmm. our, our faith um, to, to sat- ultimately to kind of satisfy our soul. So mm-hmm. the question that I wanted to kind of ask you guys is uh, what, do you, what do you see people in our culture, you know, and the people that you know and, and are around or just in culture in general trying uh, to do to add to their faith um, to fill fulfilled. Does that question make sense?
1: It does. It does. I think that we are constantly grabbing at other things to make us feel satisfied, mm-hmm. to make us feel fulfilled. I think for women especially, um image means mm-hmm. a lot to us and I think the the trap of comparison, um comparing ourselves to others like, you know, social media has allowed us to see inside of homes, you know, and for women like we think Look at those perfect children over there. That's exactly Look at right. that beautiful home, this beautifully decorated place. And for mm-hmm. me, you know, I'm I'm thinking when I take a picture of my home before I'm going to post it. Is this the best angle? Is there any <laughs> yeah. dust on that table over oh, there? Yeah. And I I think it's a lot of image and just how do people see us? What do they perceive in yeah. us? And um. Other people, you know, other things that I kind of struggle with to help satisfy me is friendship mm-hmm. sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or, mm-hmm. you know, do people love me? You know, right. do I have enough friends? Um, I was incredibly challenged um, during the pandemic, the first of the pandemic in 2020 when, you know, everything shut down. I'm extremely extroverted And I felt like I was missing something, like those friendships weren't as strong just because the quality time wasn't there anymore. And um, I started doing a a Bible study called Cultivate Contentment because I just felt like contentment was just lacking in Mm -hmm. my life. Like, was Jesus enough for Mm -hmm. me during that time when everything was shut down and everything that I loved, Mm -hmm. you know, I didn't have as much access to it. And I had to just kind of redirect my thoughts and kind of let Jesus be the one who fulfills me instead of the lunch with my girlfriends. Right. You know, yeah. right? right. Like,
0: and and I think that I think all these things that we have, you know, whether it's a, a car or a house or you know, or vacation properties or mm-hmm. you know, whatever whatever we have, that I, those are blessings that God has given to mm-hmm. us. No, no mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong uh, uh, with all those. It's right. when they become a substitute. For the satisfaction that we have in Christ, when, when that's when we need those things mm-hmm. to feel fulfilled, um, and we hold on to them despite what God may be, um, speaking to our lives, you know, into our lives to, to do and to be and how to serve Him, that I think that they can become what, what we're talking about is idols, yeah. right? Exactly. They, be, they really become, they become idols. Christy, what do you think?
2: um Ruth pretty much listed all the things <clears throat> and I agree with all of those. I think one thing I would add is um I've talked on this podcast before um about how I'm a stepmom. So mm-hmm. I think it's really easy. Like we talk about our own like we have to have all the things that people have, but then you also want that for your kids. You know, you want them to measure up to to all the things and that's fulfilling. Um too so i feel like that's something that um and and again it's like social media that really adds just if i didn't know what everyone else was doing or everyone else's kids were doing or feeling like i'm less than or my house is less than um you know that wouldn't probably near a struggle, but today it's it's easy. I, th- I think comparison. I also mm. think um, one thing I was thinking about was just busyness. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> the busier we are, the more fulfilled we are. But we're busy with things, right. so like our faith ends up going to the bottom. Yeah, and mm. the very thing we need, it's like upside down. Yeah. you right, know, right, instead yeah. of that yeah. being at the top, it's at the bottom. Yeah. Um, and I even I think get caught in the busyness part where I can't just be like still and alone. Or um, any of those kinds of things. So I think all those things add to um, making us feel fulfilled.
0: So let me ask you guys uh, a question, because um, I'm curious over this. From a women's from a woman's perspective, what do you oftentimes see men reaching for, grasping for? From again, from a female perspective, what do you guys see men grasping for to fulfill them? That's that's this add on to to our faith. I'm curious to hear that.
1: Well, one thing I think is their career mm, and, mm. you know, judging and measuring themselves by where they are in their career. What does that or, look like
0: to you guys? Well, like, I'm just curious how you see it.
1: Yeah. I mean, I just think um, just putting all of your time and effort and energy into a career and being the best that you can be, which is important. Like, I mean, it's important to be a hard worker, but mm-hmm. how much satisfaction are you getting from that or, how much dissatisfaction are you getting if you're you not in that place? Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. Of yeah, that where you bring you want home, to right? Be in your career,
0: that you, you have home, to deal with it. Right? The your kids lives have to are deal with affected it. by it. You yeah. know, it kind of that's good. Yeah. yeah. That's a really good one. I
2: agree. Uh, I agree with that. I yeah. think um, career means money. Mm-hmm. And I think that is probably a weak spot for that fulfillment of a man. Or so things too, like having things, having Mm. a nice house. Like I want a nice house, but Mm. I think a lot of guys like it's just that look, you know, that they have, even if stuff inside is a little messed up. That feels fulfilling. Um, Cars Mm. could be, you know, anything in like that (laughs) realm. I feel Mm. like would be the struggle, whereas our struggle, you know. It just looks a little bit yeah. different.
0: I think at the, um, at the end of the day, aren't we all just looking for the pat on the back?
2: <laughs> yeah, for I sure. Mean,
0: I mean, in yeah. some for way, sure. like we're just, we're looking for significance probably, yeah. you know? I know that, I can't remember the writer, but wrote the book, the great book, the S- A Search for Significance mm-hmm. and kind of, you know, how we just, we, it takes all kinds of forms, you know, tell me the person and that's their unique, they have a unique journey towards trying to find mm-hmm. uh, significance. But that, the whole scripture is and the whole uh, the whole picture of the gospel is the fact that we we find our significance in uh in being a member of the body of Christ mm-hmm. and being one of the being a child of Jesus and and of the father and um of all the inheritance that we get and and the uniqueness that we we get mm-hmm. so i think that's that's good thank you guys for uh <laughs> sharing that perspective <laughs> that's awesome well another point that i think uh, really resonated with me uh, that I wanted to talk about a little bit was the uniqueness of uh, Ehud's being left-handed um, as a significant contribution to the work that God had mm-hmm. for, uh, yeah uh you know, for him to accomplish. I thought that was, uh, you know, obviously a big thing, you, you know, right. uh, and you read the text because, you know, just how often is that, you know, kind of pointed out something unique, uh, a detail like that. But one of the things that Christian said in reference to that was that, and I'm going to quote him here, God has created you and placed you exactly where he needs your faith to come alive. I want to repeat that. God has created you and placed you exactly where he needs your faith to come alive. So here, here's my question. Have you or do you, uh, you gals, uh, every ever kind of wrestle um, with... You know, do I have what it takes? Do I have the right gifts or abilities to do something that's that's gonna be of significance or importance for God, you know whether it's as a mom as a uh, a female in the workplace um as a wife or maybe just your place in the community like um obviously we all have insecurities, but like like what does that look like for you guys or or what you see in other women or or men even for
2: right. I'm just going to speak from my perspective. Yeah, like, sure. I wrestle with this a lot. Mm-hmm. And um, so I want to say that line again. God has created you and placed you exactly where He needs your faith to come alive. And um, God doesn't make a mistake. Like, mm-hmm. I, have to, I need to, like, look in the mirror and say it again, you know? Like, God yeah, doesn't make good. a mistake and just remind myself mm-hmm. of that. Mm-hmm. And all of this, like, Really be, being able to come around that statement that he made and believe like that God has you where he has you and yeah. it's purposeful and all of that. Yeah. I mean, like you just have to be in God's word because you can't really come around something that where mm-hmm. he has you mm-hmm. or, um, a phrase like that if you're believe, like if you don't know how God operates and like how he works. And I'm just going to say that this point is something that I personally need to remind myself of. Again and again,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and um, it's funny because I can feel like God's doing something new and He's got me right where He wants me, and I feel challenged, and it's a little bit hard, but I kind of love it. Um, and then in like the next little season next to it, I'm like doubting all of that mm-hmm. again, you mm-hmm. know, because He's bigger than all of anything that I can think. So, okay, so for instance. You kind of raised the bar for me and invited me up to do something new. And I feel so excited about that. Mm -hmm. But I need to stay so close to God because, (laughs) in a second, because my flesh, like, I cannot do that. I am desperate for Him to show me. But I believe that, like, He orchestrated every season previous. To where I'm ready to do this. I'm ready right. to like step up and do something, but not without him, mm. you know? And yeah. I believe that like all the seasons before make sense for what he has me in now, but I know I'm going to have doubts, yeah. you know? And that kind of goes along with just like you asked just as a woman, like there's opportunities that a lot of us ladies are getting here at Westridge that we want to have. Mm-hmm. um And we are saying yes to, and it's exciting. Like we're we're saying yes, but it doesn't come without that, you know, yeah. doubt and fear. So I constantly have to believe that, like, God has me, You're right, and He's going to use me, and there's going to be some yeah. like really difficult days. Yep. It's not all like easy and pretty. Sure. I think we have to make sure we don't have that, right. you know, um, in our mind. But but He's purposeful in like yeah. where He has us.
0: So something that you said that resonated with me, and I want to I I wanted to kind of jump. Uh, In on this for just a second, because the role that we've asked you to kind of play and own in addition to what you're already doing um, is to kind of own the culture of Team Westridge, which means that, you know. And and you said you know you have to stay in God's word and you have to stay intimately close to Him because what we're we're not trying to just fill positions
2: right <laughs> we're
0: not trying to have another person stand at the door another person rocking babies or you know another person going on a mission trip you know just to mm-hmm. fill teams right. or whatever that's not the point that's not the point um, the point where that our burden around that is the fact that God has gifted you just like Ehud he's there are unique things that He has gifted you or enabled right. you or made you to do. Mm-hmm to bless the body of Christ right. and the church mm-hmm. is not Brian's church it's not the staff's church which right. i think a lot of people feel like it is mm-hmm. like the staff will take care of it we have a staff they run it that's we're we're, we're a body and and every person within or every part of the body has a significant very significant role to play. I mean, a hugely significant. A couple of weeks ago, I think I talked about this. Maybe even, but got a little speck in my eye in the wood shop on a Saturday, and it drove me crazy. This little, this little, uh, you know, piece of dust that got into my eye, and, and the fact that my eye was suffering uh, just made me miserable for like a day. You know, and that's you know, it, it. The church is listen. God is in control of His church, so He is going to sustain His own body, right? Right. But you are meant. Play a role in that, and so I'm on my little little soapbox here for a second. <laughs> but you know, one of the things that's hardest—I understand what people are saying. I do. So it's not as grace here, and there's there's not judgment, but I do want to speak in truth that when you say, you know, what I just need some me time, I just need some time, you know, to kind of take some time for me and just kind of. You know, come and receive rather than give. Think, what would happen if the hand said that? You know, I'm just not going to – I'm just going to kind of sit on the sideline and, I'm. you know, right hand, you, you take care of it. I'm just going to take a little bit All of right. a break, you know, or let the rest of the – I mean – the body would suffer, and it right. does suffer. And so, yeah. I think so. With all of that, again, it's not filling roles. Yeah. It's 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 creating a culture where people understand that and can can mean that. So when you said that, man, I, I have to stay close to God, yeah, yeah. Um, because this is a spiritual matter. It's not a physical matter. It's not a you know, it's not a rows and columns thing. It's right. a it's a it's a very spiritual. I want to
2: give just a quick example yeah, of a time when. I had to – so I was experiencing some doubt my very first year of college, um, and I just needed to believe that God sees me, knows me, all of it. So for mm. a whole entire year, one of the scriptures I would read every single day was Psalm 139, where he talks yeah. about how he knows us when yeah, we – Yeah,
0: fearfully, wonderfully. Yes, heard.
2: all of mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Um, Every single day for one whole, my whole entire school year, oh, I read wow. a couple different Psalms, but that was one of them. Yeah, that's and that's great. sometimes what you have to do. Yeah. But like, that is the scriptures. Like, it's going to come through for you. And it's, yeah. and sometimes it's like super challenging. It's not like, oh, you know, rainbows and cherries, but mm-hmm. like, it, It it helps you be able to navigate that season you're in. And now, like, I quote that all the time. I tell people how God sees them, and I believe that. And like, I'll even go back. I did this just a couple weeks ago, and I'm like, okay, He sees me. He knows me. He made me. He created me. And I have to do that. And that's great. I mean, that's what the scriptures get to do.
0: I think it's a walk of faith that, you know, it's it's not equal roles. But it is equal significance, mm-hmm. you know, and it's a walk of faith because there are times when you feel like you're just that what you're doing is so insignificant or it might feel insignificant. But I think when we get, you know, on the other side, you know, when we're, when we are with Christ and, and we're going to look back, uh, possibly and go, man, what, what a, what a significant, uh, opportunity God gave me, you know, and the opportunity to just to, to fulfill his mission for my life.
1: Well, I think a lot of times when people don't engage or don't get involved, it's because they think they're not worthy Mm. or because they think past mistakes should be keeping them from what God's called them to do. But the thing that I try to remind people Is if God's calling you to do something, He's going to equip you to do it. Mm -hmm. Just like you know, Christy was saying, you know, she needs to stay connected to the Word so that she can do what He's called her to do, because that's how He's going to speak to her and guide her and you know, develop her in this position. But people get so hung up on, "I'm not worthy. I can't fulfill this role or that role." That's it, because I'm afraid that I'm not going to live up to their expectations. Or you know, but God. God's the one that created us in yeah. the verse that you know Christian mentioned yesterday if in Ephesians, you know, we're his workmanship. Right. He created us to do good works. Yeah. And, you know, if if God's calling you, like step out, you know, take mm-hmm. that leap of faith that he's gonna equip you or, you yeah. know, he's gonna make it okay. Like there's um in Esther I was reading yesterday just about um When God was calling her to save the Jews and to speak up, and Mm -hmm. she felt like, I'm not worthy. And God said, But I've created you for, you know, just a time as this. Mm -hmm. But late, that's like a famous verse, right? Like a lot of people know that verse, very popular. But later on, it says, God is still going to accomplish what he wants to do. It's just a matter of you, you know, Esther, do you want to be part of it? Mm, and so I think mm. that a lot of times that's what we miss. Yeah. Like you said, you know, staff is going to jump in, they're going to take care of this role. But the person who's not jumping in and getting connected, they're the ones that are missing out because they're not allowing God to use them and, you know, bless them,
0: mm-hmm. you know, for
1: their obedience. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I think that well, we could go on and on, couldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> couldn't we on that one? I thought that was, I think that's so good. Um well, I just want I got to keep us moving along because of our time There's <laughs> there's so many th- great things to say that my mind just racing with with ideas and things is to, to question you guys and ask you guys about but um so i another point that I was challenged about that um uh that uh that Christian brought up uh, was referring to the influence that we can have on those around us um uh, Ruth, you sort of mentioned this uh, at the beginning when we were kind of talking about something that really kind of uh, leaped out to you about the mm-hmm. about the talk. Um, but, you know, if we're willing to act and live courageously in our lives as followers of Jesus, we can just really be catalytic in the lives mm-hmm. of other folks. And so Christy and I are in a season of legacy. You know, I think when you turn 50, you start <laughs> thinking about how much you have left, right. you know, and so we have been really have been thinking about, you know, what, how and, and what's it going to look like. Um, that impact that we might have uh, for those who are, are behind us um, in the years that we have ahead of us. And I think that a lot of parents um, care deeply about this specifically for their, for their children. You know, we really want to live lives that are catalytic um, for those behind us uh, again, especially um, for our kids. So um, I was thinking about this yesterday, knowing that you two were going to be on the mm-hmm. podcast. And I thought, you know, you guys have very different stories as parents um, Uh, I'll let you guys explain kind of your unique uh, stories of your of your parenting. Uh, but you are seasoned is the, is what you have in common. You know, you're, all of our kids are, are grown now and, and are adults. And, you know, you two already have, uh, grandchildren. Right. I'm, I'm waiting, <clears throat> you know, <laughs> for, no for pressure, that, though. yeah, that, that, time and in God's time, you know, we're, we're trying to be patient. Uh, but I just wanted to kind of ask you, um, I know that you have learned some lessons as as parents, you've learned some mm-hmm. things about God and some things about parenting and things about, you know, children and all that. And I just thought it'd be valuable for mm-hmm. for those who are listening to kind of hear from a couple season folks, you know, um, what you have learned and some things that you think um, might be helpful in um, being that catalyst um, for our kids.
1: Yeah, so, um, so like you said, my kids are older. Um, they're 31, 27, and 22, mm-hmm. and then two grandkids. So, yeah, we're thinking all the time too about, you know, legacy and, you know, the, you know, we want every generation after us to be, you know, Christ followers, you know, and we pray for that and just, you know, ask God to, you know, please continue to carry on this legacy. And so I think, um, in order to do that, It's so important for parents of, you know, kids in all stages just to be consistent, Mm. you know, with what they're teaching their kids to do. It (laughs) It is so hard, you know, Bill and I, when we were younger um young parents you know we would try to do a devotion you know mm-hmm. every week or whatever yeah. you know a family devotion and sometimes it would go we would go you know for a time with never doing this and then it's like oh yeah we we need to be doing this and jump mm-hmm. back on it mm-hmm. and i think I love it you mentioned that yeah just consistency just best, is key right. and i think the other thing is to teach your kids how to study the word like you mm-hmm. cannot be the only one teaching them. Like at some point they're going to have to learn how to study God's word for themselves. Yeah, yeah. And I think, um, different stages, you know, they're going to need different things. I mean, for a while they're going to need you to teach them and then they need to teach themselves. But,
0: it's good.
1: you know, the other piece of advice that I have for, you know, parents that may be struggling like me, you know, like with that, you know, maybe we weren't always consistent, you know, we were Bill and I were always who we said we were. On Sunday morning, we were the same people at home. But mm-hmm. sometimes we did struggle to teach our kids how to study yeah. the Bible, like we didn't, we maybe weren't the best in that. Yeah, and I can have some guilt from that now, sure. you know, and I just advise people to let go of that. Mm-hmm. There's nothing you can do to change right. the past. Right. And exactly God's right. bigger than that. That's right. Like he's so much bigger than what I did or didn't do. And somebody else can come along there and fill in, you know, and they can learn, you know, now as adults, you know, maybe what some things that they might not have learned, you know, as kids. And yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that yeah. we did a terrible job. I'm not just saying all. there were some no. gaps, you know, sure, some things that we
0: well, there isn't maybe one person. Go. I don't think there's one parent that would say that there weren't gaps. I mean, there right. there are gaps, and and I you know, we were talking before the podcast started. And I told you guys I was probably going to bring this up, but um, I mean, I think there's you know uh i, I can, it's hard to think of a family where where all the kids chose to take the the path that their parents had hoped they mm-hmm. they would take right. you know it's right. for some it's way off the path that they had hoped for mm-hmm. some it's a little off mm-hmm. um but we you know at the end of the day they make those choices and right. we can guide them we can direct mm-hmm. them but at the end of the day they make their choices but you right. said something um that i thought was really valuable about really studying the word of god because mm-hmm. i think the i think the greatest gift that we can give our kids is for us to every day, wake up and look in the mirror and say, God, do I love you? Mm. Do I, am I, am I, are you changing me? Mm. Cause I guarantee you if to the degree that we're being impacted, that's probably the, I I don't even think that's a guarantee because you know, all of our children have their own will, (laughs) you know what Mm -hmm. I mean? But I think probably one of the most significant things that we can do is just continue to be just really tender to God and and let God, you know, all those things. But Christy, I want to hear what you had to say because you have a unique perspective.
2: Yeah, so I'm a stepmom only, so yeah. I don't have kids biologically. So right. I tell people that Mark's kids are my kids. That's right. And I value their they mom. Are, I don't right. pretend like I'm their mom, you know, because I got them well mm. into their middle school and high school years. But I know that I have a role, and mm. I think what I would say to a young parent. Um, mom stepmom anything i think this applies is that um like god has given you a unique story and to like just weave that into your influence with your kids spiritually and so you know god's given me a part of my story and uniquely like i have a stepmom too so i've been able to like come alongside yeah. the kids and just kind mm-hmm. of like relate to them um and that's been really Special for us, Mm -hmm. so like your story counts. And I would say, if you have young kids and you haven't started this, like now's a great time just to really, really influence and let them see like your own habits and practices with the Lord and And reading the Bible and like the good and the hard, yeah, (laughs) yes, because they need to see it as like very, very real. But also, if you have older kids, I would say it's not too late. Um, you know, to really implement those kinds of conversations, like it's going to be a little bit different than your initial influence when they're younger. If they're older, and you're just kind of figuring out how to do this, mm-hmm. um, you have long-standing relationship with your older kids. Yeah, you do. And so, the thing that I really feel, especially as a stepmom, is that um, the kids might not be exactly where I am in my spiritual journey. But because I have now 12 years of being married to their dad, we have longstanding relationship. And there's something that just comes out of relationship. Yeah, so, right. And I find this even with friends who aren't walking like closely with the Lord. I'm going to be their person because I've always been that person who they know I have um, a relationship with the Lord and they know that's a very big part of my life. When you're that kind of person, even as a parent, they're gonna come back to you yeah. when it matters in those moments in their life. And I think you can it's a it's a lifelong journey. Mm-hmm. You know, you're constantly gonna get to have influence, which is yeah. super humbling, you right. know, um, to think about. But I all the all of the kids now are well into their 20s and three of them have little one year old boys. They all mm-hmm. came roughly at the same time. So tomorrow, when they're all at our house for Mark's birthday, it's going to be like a hot, hot mess, <laughs> and we kind of love it. One. <laughs> um, but I just think like, and now yeah. think about like the kind of influence I can have on their kids. Well, yeah. I get to have that because of relationship yeah. with their parents.
0: Influence is a key word. So my wife is forcing me because when I say forcing, it's not that I don't want to. It's just I'm in the middle of eighteen books right now. But, <laughs> but she is. She is really. Uh, I. I finally yesterday I say okay. I promise. I'll read a chapter a day mm-hmm. until until it's mm-hmm. done, and so I've got to be faithful to that. But she's been reading this book that's been really good. It's uh, it, it's for raising adult children, or or yeah, I guess not raising, but anyway, it's about adult children
1: influencing Par- young adults. Yeah,
0: and yeah. And, it, and it was keep your mouth shut and the mm-hmm. and the doormat mm-hmm. uh, or the door mat out or welcome open. mat open. Is that what it is? Yeah, I think so. And uh, and it's just the whole thing is you know is um, your kids will come to you for advice when they need it, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and if they don't, then just keep your mouth shut. That's right. You know, That's and right. uh, and because then when they come, um, they're coming on their own, mm-hmm. uh, they're they're uh, for their for themselves, mm-hmm. and there's just so much more influence there. And that's hard to do, especially if you're a teacher like me. <laughs> I mean, I'm a teacher by nature. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that can be really hard for me to just kind of you know, bite my tongue. But I think, I don't know, interesting really quickly, because we're running short on time, uh, to hear from you guys. So I, I would probably say, so my kids are, are 25 and 27. And I feel like it's the sweetest time of parenting that we've experienced in a long time. And so my answer, what I would love to say to parents, especially if they're between like maybe 16 and now, you know, 25 or whatever, is just be patient. Yes. Be patient. And if you keep working on you, like we said before, you just mm-hmm. keep being tender to the Holy Spirit and growing as a follower of Christ and being, you know, confessing your own sin and looking in the mirror and, you know, not, not beating yourself up, like giving yourself the, the same grace that Christ gives you. You know what I mean? You've got to give yourself, if Christ's giving you grace, right. you've got to give yourself grace, mm-hmm. right? You have to. Um, but God has, God has so much for us to know and to learn about himself. We got to keep doing that. But if we're faithful to that, then our kids are going to see that as adults and are going to crave, I think, relationship with us. And I know that there's Mm -hmm. probably a lot out there where where the brokenness is very, Mm -hmm. very deep. Mm -hmm. So I know that this isn't the case probably for in every situation. But I want to ask you guys, like, what is that like for y'all?
1: Yeah, because pushing those young adults and preaching to those young adults is only pushing them away. That's right. It's not pushing them closer to your faith. It's pushing them further away. And they... Eventually, you're like, "Oh my gosh, here she goes again." Right. You know, with the same message, mm-hmm. but living it out and just letting them watch speaks right. volumes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree with that. And being
2: cons- consistent. Yeah. You know, just yeah. be who you say consistent. you are. Consistent. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So my daughter and and her husband are moving to moving to Florida and there's mm. so many things that I would do differently than what they're doing, but we've, but we're just celebrating it. Mm-hmm. We're just okay. celebrating every aspect mm-hmm. of it because they're young. They don't have any kids yet. There's, it's, you know, there's some great opportunities and we're just, and what was funny is they were over at the house the other night and they're like, cause they're doing this with it. There's two couples, you know, so there's four, ki- there's four people all together who okay. are kind of doing this, this little adventure together. Mm. And um, I guess all the other parents are just freaking out. <laughs> and I said, I, so I told Tina, "said Oh, we're freaking out too." <laughs> on the inside, but it's you know, just on the inside. And and you know, we're very excited for the opportunities that you guys are going to mm-hmm. have to you know why, to do all you can. Yeah. But when you have grandbabies, <laughs> I'm like they were trying to make the, draw that line a little yeah. bit. They're
2: going to want to come home because the well, babysitters so. are here. Well, we're
0: hoping. <laughs> we are certainly hoping. But you know, I can't
2: that. wait to know what your grandpa name is going to be yeah. since. People that, ask right. that to us. <laughs> me and see, Ruth a I'm lot. old
0: enough to have a grandpa name. You know, you were saying yeah, yesterday, same. Ruth, that you don't any call me I any G you name. You can call
2: me anything you want. That's just right. Call me something. That's right. And just
0: just to be called something. But you are, we are a bit older than you, Christy. So
2: I know, we, and I brought all this it. conversation, and I shouldn't yeah. have. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so you don't like to be called the, the grandma. Well, and all so, that
2: so. Clearly, yesterday everybody knows that I worked for Pastor Christian right, right. out of college, mm-hmm. and one of the things um, when I reconnected with them and they've been here a couple times, and I know Pastor Brian and Amy have been to their church. He, when he realized um, that there are grandchildren, he calls me Granny. And just, I mean, it just gets under my. And then we were texting about him coming here, and he sent me the grandma face emoji. Okay. I don't know <laughs> I'm not going to say how old I am, yeah. but I'm not old enough for that.
0: That's right. And, <laughs> and, you, and, you, and you let him know that very, very. Right. Uh, you're virtual. old
1: enough you're young enough to still say how old you are, though. That's right. I mean.
2: Mm. Or you're going to say it, apparently. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'm a little afraid of you. I don't think I would say that. <laughs> welcome, to
0: my, welcome
1: to the And I'm certainly not sending you room. the grandma right. emoji uh, that, that's right. on our tags. That's right. But I might change that in my phone.
0: That, there you go. <laughs> well, um,. I want to just kind of pull this back on. The yeah, line, you know, <laughs> we you know, went to we went to a different real, corner. Real no, that's sense, good. Steve. Real you sense. You knew that was going to happen with us, right? I know it. I know. It, I don't <laughs> mind it. Hey, but, but as we're kind of wrapping up here, um, I thought that Christian made a really good observation that I, I really wanted us to to kind of close our conversation with today. And because uh, he wanted us to see uh, truly how great a leader, how courageous, how spiritually caring, how sacri- uh, sacrificially providing that Ehud was for the people that he loved. And yet, I think Christian's point was, we have a Savior who is far greater mm. than Ehud in all of those things. And uh I thought yesterday after I, I heard the message in the first service, you know, because we had communion here together um, at church yesterday, I remembered how or I was thinking how important remembering is, um, to, to just to grab a hold of that very point that he was making that, you know, God used Ehud to save, um, the people of Israel in that generation. But Jesus has saved us, uh, in every generation from every form of bondage that we as people experience. And communion, communion is designed to help remind us of that. And so how important it is. So here's my my question I want to ask you guys. For you, what are some of the things in your walk with God, um, maybe even in addition to communion or whatever, that help remind you that Jesus truly is uh, personally your functioning Savior? He is the one you can turn to. Like what, what habits do you have or things in your life that help remind you of that?
2: So the way that I thought of it, honestly, is I, it's great for me to recount another season in my life mm, mm-hmm. where He truly has been Savior. yeah, And just remember that because I think sometimes when we're in it, we suddenly yeah. forget that He's already shown Himself yeah. like that to right. us before. Mm-hmm. Right. So I have two different um kind of stories that mm-hmm. in my life that really, really helped me do that. One is super, super dark season, but when I was 11, and I'm the oldest. My brothers are younger. My um, mom, she just walked away, mm. and mm. there was my dad and me and two little boys, and um, I mean, talk about devastation and heartbroken mm. people as Gosh. a whole entire family. Right. Um, and God literally saved us. I mean, he mm. he picked us up, <laughs> and you know, it takes a minute, and it takes people. Takes mm-hmm. community and people who love us, and um, we're there to kind of remind us of who God is. And mm-hmm. um, but He literally saved our family.
0: Do you ever talk about that with your dad and what he was feeling and going through? Yes,
2: as, a, as an adult, it's been very interesting. Actually, when we're all together, um, sometimes just to be able to talk about it um, and recount what it was like and what it felt like, and you know, I have a very unique perspective because. I married somebody who has children, so he has a very similar story, mm-hmm. and to see it through Mark's eyes helped me to yeah. really have a heart yeah. and understand. Like for my dad, it could have been easy for him, honestly, just to be like, "I'm not doing this," or to piece out himself. Right, right, right. He couldn't, but I can see how you would yeah. feel like you have no other, you have no other way, and so. Um, when I think about a story like that and reminding myself what God has done, I know that He can do that. Yeah. You know, in my in my current circumstance, and because of time, I'll just keep it to the one story. Um, but I have a few of those where I'm just yeah. like, "That is who He is. He is mm. Savior. He saves," and yeah. um, and He's done that in my life. Yeah,
0: more than once. How have you processed that as an adult with your mom?
2: I mean, I don't have the perfect little ending to that story. I mean, mm-hmm. I've definitely shared a little bit of that part of my story on this podcast and recently too, uh, Reckless as well, students. Um, I have to get to a place where, you know how a lot of times it's easy for us to let, fam- like family is what fulfills us. People are yeah. what fulfills us. Mm-hmm. but. At the end of the day, they're all gonna fail us a little bit, you know, because right. wow, well, it's great. They're not God. <laughs>
0: Good perspective. And
2: and like even this discussion of your children, like they can't be your only fulfillment, you know, mm-hmm. because you're gonna you are gonna get let down, you yeah. know. And so um I've had to come to a place where like even though she's not having a discussion with me about forgiveness, mm-hmm. my dad taught me, he's like, Chrissy, if you do not find a way to forgive her, wow, you're just gonna get stuck.
0: Such a good word from your dad. Yeah.
2: Because like because ultimately, like what my dad was saying is that God wants to use you and he wants to move you along in your mm-hmm. life and he wants all sorts of things that we don't even know about to happen. Yeah. So and that was way back then. And I was like mad. I mean, mm-hmm. I was just old enough to understand what was happening. A little bit different than my brother's. Like mm-hmm. I was old enough to be super hurt. Yeah. Um, but yeah. then in my older years, I've had to be like She doesn't want relationship with me, but I have to come to a place where I'm good, you know, and like, and and God is enough. That's when you really have to know that God is enough because because that hurts. I mean, Mm -hmm. it does, at at the bottom of it, it it does hurt because I'm like, me and both of my brothers, like, we've ended up good and we have Mm. good things happening in our lives. And like, my one brother has a little girl and like... She's missing all of that, and that hurts. I mean, like, we're decent kids, and she walked away from that. But um, God is still better than that, and I have to be cool with it. That's the point, right?
0: So good. Mm -hmm. Ruthie, for you.
2: So for me, I
1: find that just staying connected to him in prayer and watching him answer those prayers in such a big way reminds me that he Mm -hmm. is able to do abundantly more than I could ever ask or imagine. And that just really continues to increase my faith. Mm -hmm. the more and more I see God just answering those big prayers for me. um, It just, I just, I want to do more. I want to pray more. Like I want to see him work through that. And it inspires me to, you know, keep going with that. And um, I, Teresa Anderson, she is a wonderful godly woman Mm -hmm. um, who I met at a women's retreat at Westridge close to Mm -hmm. 20 years ago. Um, She's still on the women's leadership team now, but she told me an example on this retreat about how she had prayed. She was searching for a name for her son and she not only prayed for God to give her a name, mm-hmm. she asked him to confirm it. And really? so that changed the way that I pray because sometimes, you know, when you pray, you're like, I think I heard you say, do this. Right, right. right. But ever since then I started praying and asking God to not only show me, but to confirm it. Mm-hmm. And so I don't, I don't, feel like, you know, there's a difference between testing God and like asking him to do something and you're testing his love. Mm-hmm. It's not that. It's more like guide me and direct me, but then confirm me so that I know that it's use and, you know, that I can walk in that yeah. way. Yeah. And you know, sometimes we may not get that confirmation and it takes just an act of obedience or a step of faith. But when God calls you to something and he confirms it, it just and it it empowers
0: you. Mm-hmm. It makes That's you so
1: realize how big he is. Yeah.
0: Well, gals, I knew that this conversation was going to be good. I was looking forward <laughs> to it. I really, really was. And uh, I just knew that you guys would bring some gold for our people to, mm-hmm. to have and, and some things for them to chew on. You certainly have done that. And so I want to thank you both for being here on this. Early Monday morning after a long day of ministry yesterday. So thank you guys for that. And
1: Thanks for having
0: us. Yeah. Yes, thank you. And I want to thank you. If you are one of our listeners and you're still with us, I want to thank you for listening. Uh, if you haven't already, be sure to download, subscribe, and share the podcast so that we can get this conversation into the hearts and uh, minds of as many people as we possibly can. Just tell them to go to westridge.com backslash podcast, and we just really hope that you've enjoyed listening to our conversation today. Thank you, Christian, if you're listening, because it was a great message to talk about, and we've really enjoyed that. So uh, everybody who, uh, who's listening right now, just remember that you are loved.